This is Mr. Tolu Balogun. On the Work From Home podcast, I will be teaching you a lot of things you can do to upgrade your skills and be able to run a work from home business successfully. So stay with me and enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome again to another exciting episode of the Work From Home podcast. This year has been a great year and it's also been a really busy year for me. As you know, I've been out for a while. I was not able to upload new episodes towards the end of last year and the first two weeks of January 2022. But all that's about to change and simply because I had a conversation with one of the previous people who I've had on this show um, and we did a free consultation during which he was able to let me know that I need to put my work also first and not just that of my clients. So he encouraged me. We talked about how I should dedicate like one to two hours every day to getting my stuff done. And that is what exactly what I'm starting with. And right here with me today, I have Matthew with me. Matthew is a very interesting person. We've had We've been chatting for the past like seven or eight minutes and is a very interesting person. I'm sure you are going to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy this first episode. So it's Happy New Year from me and from Matthew too. So let's meet you, Matthew. Hey, man. Thank you very much for having you on. And yeah, Happy New Year. Very exciting to be the first guest on your show for 2022. Um, I'm so happy New Year. 2020 and 2021, they were they were interesting. So uh, I'm ready for a new year, a fresh one, and I'm excited for the months ahead. Okay, so um, tell us about um, yourself, what you do, and give us a typical experience of what your day is like. Sure. Well, I've been working for myself. It's it's crazy to think, but it's pushing on ten years. I think it was nine years. 10 years well in fact it will be it will be 10 years this wow i've only just thought of that gosh it's been this pace 10 years and in that time i've become a father twice so wow. i have george who's kind and imogen who'll be turning four in just a couple of weeks so i am a father first and foremost and you're a father so as i'm mm-hmm. sure you can appreciate a good chunk of often does revolve around my children and mm-hmm. you know picking them up from school and making tea and things of that nature <laughs> beyond beyond that simply put a writer that is what okay. I do and um, I've been writing probably for now for myself and for my clients for about four or five years so for myself I and I create a lot of content around those books so I published my and most recent um, last summer called Beyond the Pale it's a fable business owners to help them come to terms with their role in the hustle and to better help them appreciate work-life balance and things of that nature it's the first of three books now just in the process of starting the the second book in the series apart from writing for myself I write for my clients I am basically a, a ghostwriter and then lesser extent a content strategist so okay. most of my client work 
we won't writing articles or in-depth guides. Occasionally, I work with um, us as well and ghostwrite their books. So I'm doing that currently with a, a very talented and experienced entrepreneur and bringing some of his life um, to, to the And yeah, sometimes I, I also have a process of the content team and the strategy. So I'm, I'm a writer, but comes to content creation and content management, I had a lot of experience with that over okay. the last so that's kind of it in terms of like an athlete i mean i know this is all about working from home i try to do as little working from home as possible because i get distracted far too easy. my home away from home are the coffee shops in okay. my local town i love to write in the local coffee shops but during 2020 and a good chunk of 2021 i had to learn to write efficiently from home it was difficult at and yeah, right now I'm currently at my desk where I do a lot of my sort of video recording and planning and things of that nature. Okay, great. So um, before we even talk about um, the also life and then nature, let's um, ask a simple question, which I'm sure a lot of writers get um, asked, which is when it comes to writing, do you have to niche down or you just need to use your experience as a writer to be able to, you know, do um, a good research and then make a good writing out of that research? Good question. And I, I'm going to do a very bland answer of it depends, which I know mm -hmm. isn't always very helpful, but it really does kind of write about you. I think in general, it's, it's helpful to niche down and to okay. become good at something, mm -hmm. to be good at everything. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to niche down and write a particular type of industry. It's not to say that you should only write um, in for online marketers, for instance, mm -hmm. or only write about personal development. It mm -hmm. could be that. But I think a lot of the times it's just finding what you are good at. So that's okay. kind of my, like my niche with my narrative and story-driven. I'm not the best when it comes to doing in-depth, like academic research. I know mm -hmm. writers who are, and they are doing those in-depth academic type guides, whether it's the email or the article or for whatever else. I'm more story-driven to view people and get their stories to life. I like to repurpose videos and bring them to life in the form mm -hmm. of the written word. And I do that through stories. So that's kind of my niche. But I, mm -hmm. the biggest skills a writer can have and this is true whether you are a copywriter writing sales pages or emails or ads. This is true whether you are um, sort of a ghostwriter with articles or a ghostwriter with books. You've got to be adaptable. Mm -hmm. No two clients are ever going to be the same. Even if you work and specialize in a particular kind of industry, for instance, personal development, mm -hmm. it's such a wide umbrella. You sure. need to be able to and write under different voices, mm -hmm. write under different right under different topics an umbrella of topics mm. so as a writer i think the most important thing in terms of niching down is to niche down and find your voice mm. find the clients need kind of writer and mm -hmm. then be as adaptable as you can and be open to working with different types of personalities mm -hmm. because it gets you out of your comfort zone Okay. It you to think about how can I bring this individual's personality to life and have it still align with my style. Okay, 
great answer. So, um, I mean, one of the things I could subtly pick up from what you've said is um, at least your personality also as a writer plays a very big role in what you would definitely have to do. While it's also great to have a niche, it's also great to be very adaptable, to be able to um, also choose projects that suit you, not just um, saying because probably you just write in, say, marketing, and then you see an opportunity to write um, maybe fiction, and then you realize that your personality can do a great job also in fiction, and then reject it because you are just so um, engrossed in writing just for marketing um, purposes. So your personality so should um, play some role. Um, you should be adaptable. You should find your voice very importantly, and you should be able to adapt and use the voice that your client, especially, especially, especially for ghostwriting, because that's one of the most difficult things to do when it comes to ghostwriting, writing in the voice of the um, person who owns the original idea for the content. It absolutely is. And yeah, perfectly. I think that it doesn't matter what kind of writer you are, the most important thing you'll ever craft is that voice of yours. You've got to be true to your voice. You've got to be true to your writing style. Embrace adaptability and a project's different. If you do those two things, you'll often gravitate towards the right kind of client because you're never going to write a client per se. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only ever write as you mm-hmm. appreciate that. You need to appreciate that. But if you find it and you're open to, to learning and you try to bring their voice alive, mm-hmm. a lot of the times you can really get it close to mm-hmm. having to fix like the final five. And honestly, that is the, that is the purpose of a ghost. They're not there to write a book 100%, for instance, mm-hmm. or an article 100%. Mm-hmm. My job to get it to like 90%, mm. make it as tight as possible. Mm. So then the author can just go in there, tweak a few bits here and there for the voice to bring mm-hmm. it home. It saves their, saves their energy. It's often a skill they don't possess mm. to be really good on video, but they don't. Um, so yeah, my job is to just make that process as easy as possible. And it's, it's exciting. Every mm. single project is different. Every single person is different. True, true. So um, let's go back to um, one of the topics that we discussed the most on this show, definitely, which is working from home. What uh, was your journey like when you started writing? Did you start writing at an office? or What was it like? Was it like, as you said um, in the intro, the coffee shop experience? I mean, we want, more, we want you to shed more light on that. Yeah. So I, I mentioned earlier that I released my Beyond the Pale. My first book was called Beyond Parallel, similar name, but completely different book. And I first came up and started writing that book when I was 21. And I'm 37 now, so it was quite a few years. And I spent basically the majority of my 20s just working on this book aside from home because I I was at university and then I had a more standard nine-to-five job where I was a marketer. Okay. But had this little passion project that was beyond parallel on the side. And I wasn't a writer. I, I was a storyteller. Okay. It was a form of therapy for me. Mm. But I didn't really know how to, to write. Okay. I didn't really know what was in my head onto the page. 
in a way that would engage the reader in the way that mm. made sense. Mm. So throughout my 20s, I was just kind of teaching myself. I'd write a little bit at home and then okay. leave it. I'd come back to it and leave it. And it was just like six or seven years. And then I reached a point around about when I was 27, decided I need to either put this into dreader and just move on, or I obviously complete it, work with an editor. You know, I really try to fine tune my craft. Mm. I can take it. And once I get to that, I, I really fell in love with writing. Not okay. writing as a form of therapy, but I loved the whole process of writing. And that eventually led me to leave my job, start working for myself, and mm. um, not just finishing Beyond Parallel and publishing it, but also working with other people, get my right across. So yeah, I very much was always living parents. I would be writing in my room, you know, on, on a Saturday morning or after I'd come home from university one night. It mm-hmm. wasn't an everyday thing. It mm-hmm. was more when I felt inspired to do so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it was interesting. I certainly learned to write at home and I would get my laptop to a coffee shop on the weekend, allowed my creative juices to flow like that. Mm-hmm. So writing beyond parallel throughout my 20s kind of got the, the working from home and the, you know working in, in remote remote um, locations not always having an office mm-hmm. and that's obviously a very important days we live in a world where everyone to play has to uh, adapt to being able to work at home and to work in different locations because mm-hmm. we're ever connected always exactly so yeah you're right about that I mean, your your own story is really unique because um, it started from a passion, and then the the passion to write your and complete your own book brought you to the play, to the point rather where you decided it's time to quit my job and face writing full time and build this business. So, in that uniqueness, I'm sure there would have been um, a couple of challenges, especially with starting to get gain your first few clients. So, can you? shed some light into how you were able to get your first few clients as a writer? Yeah, it was very difficult. The, the biggest obstacle I faced in the first few years was I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, my background is tin. So I saw writing, for years, I saw writing as this side project. Okay. It was, it was for me. I wanted to write for me. I didn't have the confidence necessarily for writing for other people. And that comes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, finding your voice. Yeah. I didn't feel like I had my voice yet and I didn't mm. have the confidence. So mm. I felt somewhat comfortable writing as Matthew Turner. Mm. I didn't feel comfortable writing for B. That took a process. So when I first started, I was trying my hand at a little bit of everything. Okay, I'll do a little bit of social media agency and I'll do some marketing consultancy. Mm-hmm. Try my hand at this and I'll try my hand at that. I knew marketing, it's what my education was in, mm-hmm. my background in working world was in. So that I felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So it was just through a lot of trial and error, I found the odd client here and there. But I didn't see consistent clients until I switched my mindset. And I was like, you know what? I am a writer. I have perfected my craft, but I've improved my craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been writing hundreds of thousands, million plus words for mm-hmm. my blog articles and social media posts and books and stories. 
and I had my finger, you know what, you are a writer. You're not going to be a writer that everyone loves, but there are clients out there who will get a lot of value from your voice. Mm. And as soon as I made that mindset change, Mm -hmm. It changed everything for me. I found one client who said, yep, I want you to be my writer. And I wrote for them. It led to a standard client. And within the space of about six, seven, eight months, I went from writer on side who tried to, you know, was trying to find himself with client work, trying this, that, and the other, to just being a writer all the time. Whether I was writing for a client, I confident could say, writer now. I know what writer, I'm comfortable being a writer. This is what I bring to this table. People would ask me like, what is it about you're good at? And I'd be like, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. And I finished everything. So mm-hmm. for the last four or five years maybe now, I've been focused on being a writer, mm-hmm. being a content creator through the written mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. And over the years, it's taken on many like I say, I've written books for clients, I've written articles, I've written video scripts, email speakers, um, landing pages, mm. various things. I focus more on in-depth things like articles or in-depth email sequences, niche sequences, books, things about nature. But yeah, for the past five or six years, I've focused on writing for clients. But it all came about when I made that decision of saying, yes, I am indeed a writer. I am right for the people, not just myself. Mm. I'm going to go out there and find my right people. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. So um, one of the things that, you know, stood out from everything you mentioned um, with this is the fact that there was a mindset shift and that was by the pipe was for everything. And um, I mean, would you, I would want you to, I know you've talked about it, but I just, I just feel like, you 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 could uh, shed more light about I mean shifting your mindset and then you can then tell us about the other life. Mm. I mean, it comes down to curiosity. I think we're all curious people. It's it's a human trait, and it's especially more prevalent these days because we're connected. It's it's one of the key topics in my latest book, Beyond mm. the Pale. This idea of hustle culture. We're all through social media. It's really easy to compare ourselves to other people, get edited versions of like what their life is. So we see that person more pretty and attractive, more healthy, more happy, whatever it may be. And it just insecurity. And I think we're all insecure to a point anyway, because the one constant is we're always stuck inside our own heads. So we're having these little little conversations with ourselves and we don't know what's necessary on anyone else's head. You know, we, we just kind of see it. So the more we compare ourselves to people, the more we, we constantly question ourselves, it just is pretty. And it forces us to play it. My version of playing it safe was I've, I've gained a writer, but only to be a writer for myself. Be- have the confidence I was too insecure to say I can write for someone else mm-hmm. even though I knew intellectually that I developed the skills to do so emotionally I didn't have the confidence to pull that trigger I was scared I was insecure and as a writer it helped me for a number of years still because I wasn't charging as much as I should have okay. 
I wasn't taking clients didn't have the confidence to say I'm capable. So it just forces you to to remain your comfort zone, and that is fueled further in this very fast-paced world that we live in, because we're connected right now. The person listening probably has their phone close to hand, and maybe that person right now, as they're listening to this, is going through social media, and they're seeing little snippets mm-hmm. of all these different lives. Mm-hmm. They seem happier than you. They seem more successful than you. They seem a bit more figured out than you. Mm-hmm. And that fuels that insecurity, which fuels that mind- scarcity mindset of like, okay, I'm not good enough to do that. So it wasn't an instantaneous shift for me. I up one day and was like, this is it. I'm going to be a writer for other people. It took a leap of faith to do that, but it was still a journey thereafter to really kind of come to terms with it. And it took months, it took years. And in, to an extent, it's still happening now. I still find myself playing in certain circumstances. I still feel that insecurity from time to time, less so than I used to because I have a bit more validation now. I have a little more, more proof. I've walked the walk and can say, no, no capable of this, Matthew, because you've written for this person and they kept hiring you because they were happy for work. Mm. But it's still there because we're human. And to an extent, we're always going to be a little bit insecure, doubtful of our abilities. Mm. Sure, sure. So um, you mentioned about your um, book um, series. What other books are we expecting in the series? This book, which is 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 out and available, is called Beyond the Pale. And the next book, we're just writing, well, not writing it out, the planning stages still, I'll be writing it throughout 2020. It's going to be the horizon. And it follows on the, from the next book. So it's a work of fiction. It's a fable, okay. um, similar in style to some where it's a story and it helps you um it, it helps you escape it's it's a form of entertainment but there's a there's a genuine message behind it and this message by and large today's fast-paced always switched on entrepreneur business about and it, it's it's this idea of getting caught up inside the hustle Everything that we just talked about just a second mm-hmm. ago, comparing yeah. yourself to someone else, yeah. fueling this. And in, in it, it follows a very, very entrepreneur, so shouldn't feel insecure. You know, on the outside in, he should be the person who has it all forget, still has a lot of his insecurities and fears and, and self-doubts that someone who is at the start of a journey and with no money, with no fame, no offer. And it follows journey, Fernand's journey um, as he starts to build that onion and starts to kind of gain a greater insight into who he is once and, and then that goes further in the second book beyond the horizon not sure when that will be out yet hopefully 2023 but yeah the, the writing process in the way so yeah so i would also like us to touch about um your love for nature i know we've talked about that through the um messages we exchanged prior to now and what role does that play in your day-to-day life and then definitely also what you're writing? Yes. It's one of those things. I, I live in a very beautiful part of the world, which I, I've always lived here. It's Halifax um, in the north of England. Okay. So we have rolling hills. It's, uh, it's very much like, uh, you know, the Shire in, in the Lord of the Rings um, okay. in Yorkshire. 
and I believe the Shire was very much influenced on Yorkshire. Um, so yeah, lots of greenery, lots of fields and farmland and roadsides. I, I took advantage of it for far too long growing up. I always wanted to escape it. But now as I get older, I appreciate just how beautiful mm. it is. Far too cold and wet and damp far too often. But um, even on like a day like today where it's cold, it's, it's, it's quite clear, it's quite sunny. It's, it's a very lovely day. So I try to get out there and just walk, get that fresh air. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm really into my race days I don't like running on a treadmill I like to get out there and to run and run up those and it plays a big role in my in my not just my writing but my everyday it mm. keeps me sane it keeps me sort of grounded it helps me kind of get some fresh air into my lungs and clear the system and helps me react. and I often find I come up with best ideas when okay. I'm out there walking or when yes. I'm out if I have a bit of writer's block or if I find a bit of a problem that I can't quite overcome, you know, maybe I'm struggling and I just can't quite figure out how to, to get it on point for what? And I'll get some in my lungs and I'll just take on some of the beautiful scenery. And more often than not, just appears. Might take five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. I can say that um, your the fact that you have learned also to blend um, with nature and appreciate the nature around you kind of has have some um, influence on your writing style. Is yeah, that right? Absolutely. I'm. I mean, as I said, my voice and I'm quite a writer. That's kind of how I like to do it, especially with my fiction. I try and set the scene. My hope is that when the reader is reading my words, that they can feel like they're there in the room or on the beach or in whatever the location may be. And that has certainly been sparked with my just general appreciation of where I live. I have, you know, an ability of sorts where I'm able to kind of close my eyes and imagine myself on a, maybe in a place where I've never visited. I've, I've, I look at the the picture and I'm able to kind of transport myself there and imagine what it's like, it's like what it very much comes from me just being out in the open and being out where I live and just taking a moment and appreciate what's around me all right to the sounds smell the smells taste the taste <laughs> and just look mm. what's out and in doing that and looking at that road and smelling the, the fresh cut grass and hearing the, the sort of the nature and the cars in the background, I'm able to then better transport myself into the Philippines where I'm having to smell the from the ocean and waves crashing into the side and what it might feel like with the, the storm in my face. I'm able to transport myself there and write about that because I have the experience of actually taking a moment to appreciate the beauty around me. So yeah, nature plays a big role in my writing, especially my fiction. It's always present in all the books that I've written about. You know, I, I quite often will mix up locations, places that I've been to, but also mm. places I haven't mm. liked to go to. And yeah, it's just my appreciation of nature that allows me to kind of transport myself there and to describe the setting and to set the scene. Okay, great. So um, as we're um, 
closing in to the end of the show, I know I mentioned something at the beginning about my interview with Simone Vicenzo. I think that I can't really pronounce the last name very well, but I know his first name is Simone. So um, during that conversation, we were able to talk about how I have not been dedicating enough time to myself and be prioritizing the works of other people. But you seem to have a grasp of things um, with being able to publish your own books and still get stuff done for other people. I want you to share some tips for how you balance um, the work of other people, also being a dad to two children and how you get your own stuff done. Yeah, I mean, all roads come back to the anti-hustle. I mean, it's the biggest theme in Beyond the Pale. It's this idea that too often, like all of us to an extent are caught up in this. It's so easy to say yeah. It's so easy to take on new clients anywhere in the world. Mm. It's so easy to work a little bit longer because you can check your email on your phone. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to connect with people because there's social media and there's Zoom and there's this and there's that and the other. So part of the toxic nature of hustle culture is that it forces us, or not forces us, but makes it, it far too easy to just say yes, yes, mm. yes. And one of the best things you can learn to do for yourself if you're wanting to create more content for you, if you're wanting to work on some personal projects Mm -hmm. as well as just client projects. If you want to get to a point where you're able to offer your you know, get Mm -hmm. the right clients who are going to pay you more so Mm -hmm. you're able to take on fewer but make Mm -hmm. more money. If you're wanting to have more time and freedom to work on your so you can go out there and do some exercise so you can doing and walking and meditation so you can have more time with your family it's learning to know mm. and that's how i've learned to have greater whole life balance that's able to write the books that i write and simultaneously the clients that i do it's how i've been able to work less over the years earn significantly more it's how i'm able to you know be training to run a marathon in april and have the time to dedicate to that and have it not take away from time with my my children mm-hmm. and other things myself, because mm-hmm. I just don't spread myself too thin. Mm. But you can only get there by undoing. And here's the key: it's really difficult to say no unless you know what a hell yes looks like. Mm. It's difficult to say no unless you know what a hell yes looks like. That takes some time. That takes some conscious, meaningful stuff. Going away and figuring out, like, what does success mean to me? What does an ideal day look like to me? What does an ideal client look like to me? Like, what do I bring to the table? And who can I best serve? Once you figure out what a hell yes looks it makes it much easier to say no. Because you know where to look for that right client. And you know how right clients you can take on. So you mm-hmm. might be like, like client looks like, but for me to proper, I can only afford to take on two or three clients. Mm-hmm. So if I want, really need to afford two or three clients, well, how much do I need to charge those to two or three clients? Mm-hmm. Imagine, you know, like $10 an hour for your service. That might not, but I need to charge $50 an hour. But if you're good at what you do, mm-hmm. you're a client pay that. But if, 
force you to search for the right client rather than taking on any other client. Once you know what the right client looks like, it makes mm -hmm. it to say no to all the others. True. And the same applies to everything else. If you want to do something regarding your own personal growth, know what a hell yes looks like. It makes it easier to say no to everything else. Mm. So yeah, one of the most important things I think we can do, not just in work, but in life overall, is to say no more often. often. But it's really difficult to say no. <laughs> so true. That opportunity out there mm -hmm. unless you know what a hell yes looks like mm -hmm. so take the time to learn what a hell yeah looks like to you because it doesn't matter what it looks like to me it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what it looks like what it looks like to that person like the person listening right now it's an individual mm -hmm. unique thing it's a personal thing take the mm -hmm. time to know what a hell yes looks like i'll help you say no everything else thereafter starts to place mm -hmm. all right great so um as uh, we're rounding up, I mean, this is the last um, set question I'll be asking, but um, I also want to chip something in that the link to get to all your books will be available or for how to order your books will be available in the show notes for those who are interested in getting your books. And is there um, any way for people to reach you to know if they would be a great fit for you to write for them? Do you have um, a procedure you use to screen people or to onboard people? Um, no, I'm very elect with who I work with in terms of clients. Um, you know, in terms of where to find out more information about me, the best place to go is beyondbook.co. That's beyondbook.co. That has a link to Beyond the Pale where you mm -hmm. can both book also download the first couple of chapters so you can have a read and see if it's a good fit mm -hmm. there's also all the details on there like to my facebook and instagram and how to get in touch me so yeah if you are if you have any kind of follow-up question maybe um you know listen to this start some kind of question reach out to me you know add me mm -hmm. on facebook or instagram send me a message ask a question tell me to who sent you i would love to speak to you further mm -hmm. and yeah i i, I have no process but if anyone is interested in working with me i'm always open to ideas and if this program will explore it further if not then uh, we won't you know it, it that hell yeah right i know what a hell yeah looks like for me what to say yes to and what to say yeah absolutely so um any um last words you want to give to our listeners before we call it today no other than just thank you very much in as inspired way like reach out to me go to beyondbook.co i hope you enjoy beyond the pale it's it's a book i'm very very proud of if if it inspires you in some way please know and if you have any kind of questions reach out to me i'm a bit of an open book in that sense i'm always happy to answer further questions and to, to connect further but thanks for listening and a real pleasure to have joined you here today yeah, so much excited to have you here. And uh, I mean, if you are here and you've listened to our conversation so far, I'm sure you have picked up a lot of things about balancing the work, uh, your work and life and being able to have the mindset shift that would let you move over to the next stage in life and understanding what the ideal client for you looks like so that you don't just, I mean, fill up your time with people who would not be the right set of clients for you. And don't forget, when you're filling up your calendars with people that are not the right fit for you, 
you rob yourself of the chance of working for the right set of people. So thank you very much for being on this show, Matthew. I really appreciate that. As I said earlier, all the links to your books and for how people will be able to connect with you will all be in the show notes. So thank you very much. And I want to say Happy New Year once again to everybody and have a great week ahead. Thank you. Cheers.